Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Welcome, everybody. I've got an outline here that I just kind of want to read through real quick, and then we'll jump right in. Um, first of all, I want to hit some of these headlines very quickly because, again, a lot of this stuff is now being revealed regarding, again, the COVID shots and their connection to education, of course, and the decisions that are being made throughout. But it's becoming more and more obvious that the entire House of Cards is, of course, falling. And that, of course, means that countless individuals are panicking. You have city councils now where I live that are doubling down on their mask requirements, um, even though the CDC has openly admitted that masks don't work. So, again, among the dumbest people, that means, well, we have to change the mask because we'll just, we'll just change the mask and then everybody will just believe that lie instead. That, of course, is, is ludicrous. Um, and then there's, a, again, just a, num a number of headlines here that I want to get through just briefly without diving in too deep. Because, again, a lot of this is pretty much common sense at this point, at least among us. Uh, I do want to play the very short little couple of second clip from Albert Borla, who, again, I've, I've referenced here before, but he's the CEO of Pfizer. And, of course, him openly and basically just openly stating that, yeah, uh, the jabs don't work and that we need boosters. Uh, in particular, the one coming here in March for the alleged Omicron variant, which of course doesn't exist. It's just a fourth shot of more poison. So unfortunately, though, in, in a number of other places like Australia, they're doubling down. In Canada, they're doubling down. And in, again, a lot of blue and red states and blue and red counties in the United States, they're doubling down. So the House of Cards is falling in some particular places and not in others. But, you know, I, I think that Again, this is really going to be a, a promising time going forward here, even though it's going to get harder, I think. But even so, these individuals, ladies and gentlemen, will not escape. They won't escape. They won't be able to apologize their way out of this. Again, if the jabs don't kill all of these individuals who have taken them, um, they're not going to be, they just cannot escape any kind of tribunal of some kind. And God willing, there will be towns and cities that will hold these tribunals with impartial individuals examining all the facts, and they'll penalize countless individuals. Um, we sure hope that some international court is doing it. We know that, again, that's happening in the UK and pushing forward in the UK. There's always a lot of talk about Gitmo, a lot of talk about military tribunals, XYZ, but we, we would like to see some proof from the higher-ups who, who are in charge here first. We'd like to see that first. But anyway, let me, uh, let me get into some of these headlines and just kind of rock through these first before I play Borla's um, audio clip. And then I also want to get into Dr. Jane Ruby and her report from HowBad.info. And it basically breaks down how red states are getting more of these toxic batches than blue states are. And again, we know that this is being tracked because, again, they're tracking the batches themselves. So why wouldn't they target particular areas of individuals in order to manipulate voter turnout in the future or just wipe out political dissidents who simply disagree with, uh, with the mainstream narrative that's going forward here? Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, yeah. One last thing. I want to read a couple of sections at the end here. I also have some other dynamite audio that I want to play, but then I want to read a couple of sections from a book that I started reading last summer, 
and have finished, and it's incredible. Um, it's not a, not a large book by any stretch, but for those that have been listening that long, know that I was reading from Delusion and Mass Delusion by Dr. Yost Mirlu. And there's just two sections in there that I want to read that I think are beyond relevant. Of course, the whole book is relevant, but yeah. So here we go. Just again, a couple of headlines. I know I, I'm not one to just read headlines here, but um, it's, it's worth it nonetheless. Uh, here we go. This comes from the expose, and it's titled Quebec Planning to Fine Unvaccinated Residents. It says their premier, Francois Legault, announced the measures at a press conference on Tuesday stating that the vaccine is the key to fight the virus, quote-unquote. This is why we're looking for a health contribution from adults who refuse to be vaccinated for non-medical reasons. A health contribution is what they're calling it. Um, It basically amounts to at least $100, a $100 tax for everybody who is not jabbed. And again, they're still working on how exactly they're going to enforce that and whether or not that's going to be the actual total itself. But it says that figures suggest that out of 8 million people, only 800,000 people remain unvaccinated in Quebec. So there's that. Also, another um, quick update here regarding our excellent Canadian truck driver. I had some questions about the truck driving mandates and the shipping shortages and the cross-border travel and what the state of affairs is regarding all of that. So I emailed them and here's what they said. They said, hi, Sean. The mandate took effect on January 15th for Canadian drivers. It will begin for U.S. drivers on January 22nd. Canada has made an announcement on January 13th saying that it was halted, but then the next morning claimed that it was an error and said it was back on. They estimate approximately 38,000 truckers in Canada will be out of work due to this tyranny, and the American drivers will exceed this number due to your larger population size shortages. Here we come. And then I emailed them back. Um, I said, what's your plan of attack going forward? Can everyone accept, uh, expect fuel shortages too? I expect so. And then they said, my plan will be to wait it out. I'm hoping that truth will prevail sooner than later. I will never comply. I suspect fuel shortages too. Hopefully they will back off if public pressure increases, but I doubt it. They want the chaos. Uh, I am trying to connect with like-minded people and stay informed and prepared. I think this year will be challenging, but I'm hopeful we will survive to see the other side of the Great Reset done our way, not theirs. So there you have it. Um, yeah. Again, I wish them the best. I hope they stay in touch and keep us informed as to what's going on because, yeah, I think we can expect shortages without a doubt. Not to mention if you're consistently finding the unjabbed, at least in Quebec, that's not, um, that's not good. And that's going to create some violence without a doubt. Here's another one from the expose, and it's titled Official Government Data Suggests that COVID-19 Vaccines Have Killed More Children Than COVID-19. Of course, we know this too. Here is another one from Natural News, and it's titled Mask Asphyxiation Disease, or MAD, Now Sweeping Across America and the World. I'm actually shocked that this wasn't written over a year ago. And wouldn't you know it, there you go. It's a picture of a man wearing an orange peel as a mask. At this point, why not? 
Hypercampia occurs when CO2 levels become elevated in the body. This happens when we breathe the gaseous waste air coming out of our mouths and noses, impose harmful and dangerous effects on the mind and body. Rebreathing CO2 increases your, bo- your blood pressure rather, and leads to rapid heart rate, chest pain, confusion, twitches, headaches, fatigue, panic attacks, and mass formation psychosis. Once this becomes perpetual, organ damage and asphyxiation probably increase. Probability increases. About 200 million Americans are suffering from this relatively new syndrome resulting from being deprived of proper amounts of oxygen. It's slow suffocation and the COVID masks are to blame for it, whether homemade or N95. If that entire thing doesn't describe the actions and behavior of people in American K-12 schools and higher ed, I don't know what does. I just don't know what does. That's basically it. Again, city councils, school board members, whoever they are, they're in it for the money. They got to keep, keep the cash going. They just have to. And it's always worth revisiting that, again, they're breaking their oaths of office. Every single one of these people, you're talking about misfeasance, malfeasance, conspiracy, etc., etc. They know that people are being harmed by the shots. They know that people are being harmed by the masks. Again, mandating these things on people or requiring them, quote-unquote, is, uh, is a crime. But I love how they just rely on their lawyers because they think that even their lawyers aren't going to be held accountable for this. And their lawyers will be held accountable for this. One of the easiest ways to file a complaint against a lawyer, in particular a lawyer or a group of lawyers that serve a school board or serve a city council, is you, f- you find out who they are, number one, which can be sometimes a difficult task because they hide and they're very good at hiding for the most part. But you find out their names. And then you simply um, file complaints against the legal board because, again, they too hold legal licenses. Again, this is where this is the best part. This is where they don't think that anybody can reach them or put pressure on them. If parents and citizens just go after the lawyers that are representing these groups, the lawyers are going to end up looking at the groups and saying, look, we got a lot of complaints coming in that we're not following the law and that we're not standing up for the law here, in particular when there's medical proof that all of this is absolutely ridiculous, that the jabs don't work, the masks are hurting people, X, Y, Z. Um, you guys, you, you know, you, you all have to change your policies and you have to do it right now. Again, there are also legal groups and legal governing bodies, just a group of lawyers, that will also represent health departments, county and local health departments. Go after the lawyers again. File. Um, file complaints against them with the Bar Association. So it's another strategy. But again, how often is that actually occurring? But this is the best part. I mean, this is the greatest part about us not having a, a certification or a, you know, a particular licensure, and yet they do. So it's just another weapon in our arsenal here that we need to exercise and we need to use as often as humanly possible. Here's another story from uh, Natural News as well. Prime age mortality spiked by 50% across multiple states during the year of the life-saving COVID-19 vaccine. Again, completely undeniable. You have to, I mean, you just have to totally look in the other direction in order to not see this. It says throughout 2021, people aged 18 to 49 passed away suddenly and unexpectedly at rates far beyond years past. In fact, 
Almost every state reported a spike in prime age mortality during the year of the life-saving COVID-19 vaccine. They're being sarcastic, of course. Some statewide mortality increases were greater than 50%. Contrary to popular hysteria, COVID-19-related deaths were only one small part of these excess mortality statistics, unquote. So there's that one, too. And then, of course, the CDC story here, which is bouncing around everywhere, and this comes from the Federalist. CDC finally admits that cloth masks were always political theater. Well, of course they were. It says on the flippin' box. It says on the box, does not protect against anything. This, we, we, <laughs> the greatest pandemic in this country is a lack of literacy. It really is that simple. So with that said, here is, uh, again, this is an older clip, week or so old at least, but uh, I just wanted to get it out there again. It's been on my BitChute channel and the war videos embedded, but I wanted to play it real quick here. This is Albert Borla, the CEO of Pfizer. And isn't it funny how apparently no school official health department XYZ seems to care that the person running the show for the poison jabs is actually saying that they don't work. Pretty incredible stuff. Uh, and we know that um, the three, the two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, if any. The three doses with a booster, they offer reasonable protection against hospitalization and deaths. Uh, and in the deaths, I think, very good. Um, and less protection against uh, infection. Now, we are working on a, on a new version of our vaccine, the 1.1, let me put it that way that uh, will cover Omicron as well. And, uh, of course, uh, we are waiting to, to have the final results. The vaccine will be ready in March. Limited protection, if any. Working on a vaccine for a fake variant that will be ready in March. Honest to God, there will be people who line up for it. They will be the first in line like waiting outside of a Best Buy for a brand new iPhone. You just can't help these people. You can't. They are flat out gone. And if you were to play that clip right there in a school board meeting or a city council meeting or anywhere for your boss who's pushing the jabs on God knows who and how many people, it will go in one ear and out the other. If you ask them who Albert Borla is, they don't know. These people don't know. They don't even hear their own fellow enemies talk. They don't even know that these people exist. I'm, and I'm telling you, the, the two little subsections of the book from Dr. Mirlu, Delusion and Mass Delusion, I'm going to read at the end of this episode, it lays it out perfectly. It lays it out perfectly as to why these individuals do not listen to reason, do not pay attention to facts. It's frightening. Absolutely frightening. Now I want to get into this Dr. Jane Ruby post, which um, she put out on her Telegram and out on her Gab as well. And she also has her own show now, and I would encourage people to check that out if they're interested. Because uh, I know that she'll probably still be a, uh, a rather consistent guest on the Stu Peter show as well. And I, I hope that she remains so. Um, but this comes from howbad.info. And at the top, it says variation across states. 
I'm just going to read this entire thing for you here and then rock through these, uh, these two charts. It says, Variation in toxicity of vaccine batches across different states of the United States. Data sources. It says, VAERS provided the number of deaths following vaccination with Pfizer for each state in the United States. The number of vaccinated in each state as of January 14th, 2022, was provided by number vaccinated. It says, so I was able to calculate the number dying in each state per 100,000 vaccinated. Observations. One, there is considerable variation in the number dying per 100,000 vaccinated. Some states have 16 times the death rate compared to others. Two, red states tend to cluster toward the top of the chart, whilst blue states cluster toward the bottom. And three, Red states occupy six of the seven highest-ranking positions for deaths per 100,000 vaccinated. It then says safety signal. Some states in particular, Kentucky, Montana, Alaska, Tennessee, North Dakota, and South Dakota, are experiencing four times, five times, six times, or even 11 times the number of deaths per 100,000 vaccinated compared to other states. Such a situation could be raising a safety signal and requires investigation. The higher death rate in these states following vaccination suggests that they may be receiving more toxic batches or being administered to more vulnerable people. Now, before I read this chart and at least try to break down the break down this chart the best I can, which I also I believe I, I at least put one copy out of it on Gab, but what I just read right there regarding the safety signals, you see, this proves, ladies and gentlemen, that police departments, school boards, city councils are all breaking their oaths of office. All of them. Every, every, anybody who takes an oath, governors, um, attorney generals, again, police officers, let, let me focus on them for a moment because I came across a, an excellent video that is it's worth playing the entire thing. Um, it's a roughly 11 minutes long, but, and I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll probably end up linking it into my BitChute videos somewhere along the way, but it's, it, it is a, a woman, and I don't know if she's a lawyer or not, but she's in the UK, and she's talking with a police constable. And she's looking at him, and she's saying, and she he's having this meeting with her, and he has no idea why the meeting is taking place. He claims to be, of course, writing things down. He looks like he's writing a few things down. But she reads through this magnificently worded letter that essentially says, you're breaking your oath of office. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. It is your job by law to investigate, find evidence of a, of a weapon. Administer it into your your evidence locker appropriately, and then, of course, hold people accountable who need to be held accountable for administering a weapon on people. Because we're not talking about, again, something that's FDA approved. We're talking about an emergency use thing here. But all of these individuals that are not following their oaths aren't treating this like a regular crime. Now, do some of them know what's happening? Of course they do. Therein lies the internal conflict between you know, some of these people who work in these organizations and, of course, those that do not. 
there have to be people, of course, that are working in these organizations and they're saying, wait a minute. It's our job, like a detective, for example, it's our job to find a weapon, find the people that are administering this weapon, arrest those people, arrest, you know, confiscate the weapon, arrest the weapon, but you confiscate the weapon. And then again, continue with an investigation and have those individuals tell you who told them to administer it. And then you just continuously build up this giant list of names. And you go all the way up that list and you arrest them. You tell them why they're being detained. You bring them in. You question them. You give them the facts. You show them the evidence of harm that's being done. You show them the larger scheme that's being played out here. And you tell them, because again, as this woman tells this police officer, and the look on his face is priceless. I mean, he goes from being nervous to looking like he shit his pants. And then she again ends up saying, she starts off the whole thing, I might add, by saying, do you think you're following your oath of office today? And the look on his face is like, what do you mean? See, they're not even considering that. They take these oaths and then they just don't follow them at all. Because again, all of this seems normal to them. Well, COVID is serious and it's a serious problem and it's hurting lots of people and blah, blah, blah. Yes, we're gagging students and children, but you know, normally, like I've said before, you know, in 2019, we would arrest these people, but not today. It's a different, you know, it's different now. Tomorrow, it'll be balling up socks in their mouths and duct taping it around their face because, you know, that's the best way to keep things from entering their face hole. It's this kind of stuff that's just, it's, it's the lack of arrest, even from local sheriffs. Where are the sheriffs in all of this? Where are the local sheriffs? See, they're enforcing all of these bad policies that are actually crimes. And they're either so stupid that they don't know it. Or, again, they're willfully doing this, which means you have a, a giant criminal conspiracy here. They know exactly what they're doing. But what this woman tells this police officer, I'm going to wrap up this story quickly, although I'm basically summarizing the entire thing. But she words it perfectly because she reminds him that there are international trials taking place, international lawsuits taking place, and that they will be held accountable. She looks at the police officer and she says, I'm going to give you this write-out of what I've just just read you. I'm going to give you thousands of pages of evidence. You're going to go back to your police station. You're going to tell all of your police officers everything that I've just told you here, or else you're going to be criminally held accountable for administering a weapon that is knowingly killing people. Emphasis on the word knowingly. Because it is knowingly killing people, which means they can't say, well, I just didn't know. No, it's beyond obvious now that that's the case. And if they are doing it on purpose, and after reading the evidence, they still don't enforce the law, and again, find these people, tip over the tables, confiscate all of the evidence, cease administering all of these shots and these jabs and, these mas- and this mask wearing immediately, then again, they will be tried, and, and they will be convicted. See, when you provide the proof to individuals and they choose to not read it, that's on them. That's going to be their deathly mistake. And that's essentially what she tells this guy. Again, she says, you have to now tell all of your police officers to start going out, making sure to doctor's offices and XYZ to cease delivering 
or administering, rather, these shots. And again, the look on his face is just priceless. I mean, he's, he loses color. He, he loses any color he had in his face if he had any to begin with, and he, he just slowly sinks in his chair. And again, that, that's exactly what's happening here. So for someone to say that they didn't know, quote-unquote, that they were engaging in a criminal conspiracy is not going to be an excuse. It won't be a viable, viable excuse, in particular when you present the evidence to them. I'm going to give you another example of when this has been done. And then I promise I'm going to get back to this chart here. But another example of when it's been done, and it's an excellent idea, is Cliff High on BitChute. And I don't know if anybody watches him or watches his show. He's right about a lot of stuff. He's not correct about everything, but he gets a lot of things right. He openly said that what he does, and he lives in Washington State, what, what he does is he emails their health department, their state legislators, the governor, all of them. And he sends them all of this proof. And it's not a threat. He just sends it to them and he says, now you have it. Now there's a paper trail of you having the proof. You cannot say that you didn't get it. And then, of course, he keeps those receipts. He keeps that paper trail to prove that he has, in fact, sent it to them. So if they say, well, we didn't get anything, and we haven't heard that, that's not an excuse in a court of law. That won't work. That will not suffice. Every single citizen in the United States of America should be doing that. You should be doing that with your city councils. You should be doing that with your school boards, your, your state and local legislators, all of them. The sheriff's office, get everybody wrapped up in it. The local hospitals, the doctor's offices. You're talking about a giant email to all of them. You just you you just hoard all of their emails, all of their email addresses into one email, and you just send it out to everybody. That way they can see who else it was sent to. It ensnares everybody. Because again, it's not an excuse to say that you didn't know. That would be like, again, working in a, working in a factory as a robbery is taking place. You hear the gunfire. You hear people screaming. Something gets set on fire, it sells, smells like smoke, but you don't see fire, you don't see the shooters, and then you get questioned and somebody says, well, did you know the place was being robbed or did you know that the place was under threat or potentially being burned down? You, I mean, you can't say no, you didn't know because all of the signs and signals were there. You were being told lots of different ways, but you were just choosing to ignore it. Not, it's not going to be ex an excuse in, the, in, in a court of law. And they can scream all they want when the rope is around their neck and they're swinging. And they can say, well, I didn't know, I didn't know. That's not, that's not going to matter. And it shouldn't matter. And we should give these people no quarter. So here's what the chart says. Again, we're talking about fractionalizing these, these shots and administering them to, to different states, but in particular, red states. So at the top of this list, it has Kentucky and Montana. And it says for Kentucky, the number vaccinated, and again, I believe this is as of January 14th, it looks like 2,446,657 among vaccinated with 281 deaths. So that's 11.4 deaths per 100,000 people vaccinated. Looking at the highest states here with the highest death tolls, Looks like Kentucky has 100, uh, I'm sorry, 281. Let me see if there are any more 200s. Texas with 232. 
per 100,000 vaccinated is the point. Um, it continues. New York, 147. California with 232 again. And then you're into more hundreds and then teens. Let's see, 167 dead in Georgia, 160 in Minnesota. But the largest swaths, again, are within red states. And they're certainly clustered. Um, it's incredible. I mean, I don't know what else I can really say about it. Uh, it says, the next line below it, and there's another chart too, it says, repeating the analysis for all COVID vaccine. It says, based on the findings for Pfizer, I decided to repeat the analysis, but this time for all the COVID vaccines together, and here's what I found. Again, at the top, you have Kentucky, Montana, and Tennessee, with Kentucky deaths at 478. Tennessee deaths at uh, 321, Montana deaths at 66. They're smart. They're smart over there in Montana. They're not taking these jabs. Um, and then again, you have another swath of vaccines for North Dakota, South Dakota, Alaska, and Wyoming. And they all line up again based on the number of deaths per 100,000 people. So... I mean, it's, you know, it, it is the same in Democrat states, but I see the point that they're making that, the, that there, are, there are more red states that are teetering toward the top when it comes to the number of deaths per 100,000 people. The article wraps up by saying the following here. It says, a clearer pattern emerges. Red states are almost completely clustered at the top and blue states at the bottom. Number of deaths per 100,000 vaccinated is much higher for red states. And it and it is, it it uh, it's abundantly clear and it's color coordinated and yeah they make it perfectly clear that that's the case. It says the only possible reason for this are either number one red red states are receiving batches of higher toxicity or number two the uptake in red states is predominantly amongst the elderly and frail, or they could both be. Um, you know it doesn't have to be one or the other. It could be both. It says, testing the age and frailty factors. I will have to investigate this further by analyzing the spread of ages for vaccinated between states. Vayers also provides a list of comorbidities for each recipient report so I can test for frailty also. It says, note, if age and frailty are responsible for the increased deaths following vaccination in red states, then this is an admission that the aged and frail must be more vulnerable to the fatal effects of the vaccine since red states have up to 19 times the fatality rate. And if the aged and frail are more vulnerable to the medication, then they should be protected from it and exempt from it. If any demographic is excessively vulnerable to a medication, then they should not be exposed to it. Continuing the medication betrays an intent to harm. Testing for batch factor. If I take the 30 Moderna batches generating the most death and disability, I could see how they are distributed between red and blue states. Unquote. In essence, one method of tracking regarding all of this is leading to other motives for tracking. And it is pretty clear again that red states are receiving harmful batches, but we also know, again, that blue states are receiving harmful batches as well. We also know, again, that the proclivity of, a, of a, say, a heavily populated blue state to take these jabs and believe this giant lie is higher than, say, a red state. That doesn't, of course, mean that it hasn't ensnared countless individuals who may, again, 
vote a particular way or be or tend to be more conservative. Because again, everybody's being hit from this from multiple angles. Uh, again, I've described the churches, I've described the schools, we've been over that at length. And that leads me to this next audio clip that I want to play. This is a uh, excellent American who is up at a lectern in New York City, railing on and on about the entire corruption and the entire establishment and what's been going on and how everybody needs to self-govern. And I'm just going to let you hear what she says. She's 100% right about everything. You want to take my children into a room and give them a snicker bar and some damn fries and talk about come get this vaccine? God it is tantamount to kidnapping. Tell me what it is. You don't have control of my children. You don't have control of me. They shut our doors and try to give us God Fauci. To hell with God. God Fauci. He's a fraud. Fucking criminal. Churches are surrendering their pulpits to the demonic hostel. I'm not coming to your church. You're not getting my time. Are you crazy? Taking children out of school. I was former educator for 24 years. They stopped teaching them years ago. You just didn't know. Yep. That's. You just didn't know. Education went to hell years ago. That's. They taught them compliance. Yep. They stopped teaching them to think. Analytical thought went out the window yep. with state exams. Yep. Those state exams are just being used to track your children to determine who's going to college to train them to support yep. this God-forsaken system. All the rest, they're going elsewhere. They have pushed us into prison. I don't care how you look at it. If you're in corporate America, you're in prison by your lifestyle. If you're in the government, you're in prison by your childhood for benefits. You understand? If you are on subsidy, you're in prison by their benefits. We have to get out their system, pull yourself out, pull your dollars out, and level it. I, uh, I'm not going to add anything to that. I have absolutely nothing to add to that. Well said. Preach, preach. Well said. Bravo. Along those same lines, here's another headline here that I wanted to read. And again, very telling. Wouldn't be surprised again if this starts to happen here. They're calling for substitutes, of course, all throughout the United States and American schools because no one wants to show up and hurt children. That's why they don't have subs. See, they don't seem to be asking these questions. They don't seem to be trying to get to the root of the problem. Um, the reason you don't have subs is because you're child abusers, and countless people know that. You're forcing masks, you're forcing distancing, you're forcing contact tracing, you're forcing testing, you're doing whatever it is you're doing. You're an abusive environment, and you're wondering why the average citizen doesn't want to come and help. Unfortunately, although I don't think this is mandatory yet, but it's leaning that way, at least in Australia. And this comes from Australia. Lifestyle, or news.com.au, which again, it's propaganda to the bone. But it's titled, Parents Could Be Called In to Replace Teachers Amid Concerns of Staff Shortages. It says the following. Parents could be called in to help supervise children in the classroom under a bold new plan to help schools tackle with COVID outbreaks. Oh, my God. Administrative concerns of staff shortages 
Independent schools have been told that they can ask parents to volunteer to supervise students in classrooms. The briefing by the Association of Independent Schools of New South Wales on Monday warned principals up to 20% of teachers at a single school could be off sick at once. Of course, that's already happening here in the States. Constantly. It's because of the jabs. It says Chief Executive Dr. Jeff Newcomb said the association was also eyeing off retired teachers to help pitch in. Quote, they're anticipating anywhere between 15 to 20 percent staff shortages. We would support, you know, retired teachers or new graduates who have their qualifications getting accredited so they can assist, unquote, he told the ABC. Non-teaching staff would be used to supervise children, but would not be permitted to teach the curriculum. It could lead to a situation where a parent supervises the class in person while a teacher delivers the class remotely. This is absolutely hilarious. They're telling you, ladies and gentlemen, that the jabbed are dying and are going to die. That's what this is really about. We anticipate. How do you anticipate that? How can you possibly anticipate that if you don't know that the jabs are killing people? This is the this is the conspiracy. We're talking about the world's largest RICO statute in the history of man. It's just nuts. It says, quote, even we could have parents in schools under a supervisory role where the teacher might be at home doing an online session if they have to isolate, Dr. Newcomb said. I might add something, ladies and gentlemen, that's already happened in the States. This is well over, I want to say, a year old, this kind of thing. I remember this happening a year ago. There were individuals who were, in particular in Chicago, and a lot of these bigger, more corrupt school districts. It, it's, it just hit my mind. I just remembered this. This was an entire year ago. In fact, I think it was in my last book. Um, they were having parents show up to monitor students in a, in a cafeteria while the students were on their computer online in a cafeteria, not in the classrooms, but in the cafeteria as they're being instructed by their teachers who were at home with or without COVID. And this mainly, if my recollection serves me correctly, they were staying, the teachers were staying home because they were deathly afraid of COVID. And people weren't jabbed, and they wanted everybody to be jabbed, and X, Y, Z. So you had children wearing masks in a cafeteria on their computer doing online learning in a school as their actual teacher was home. But the parents were walking around supervising these students. Um, never, never before has, has such lunacy ever occurred on this level. Because, again, their solution is worse than the actual problem. I never, I never thought that would be the case, but wow. Very revealing. It continues. I'm, I'm going to wrap this up. It says, like we're not going to put an unqualified person in front of a class to teach maths. But I think we can use a cross-section of people to assist if this gets to the crisis stage. Unquote. The association is also in talks to set up vaccination clinics inside the school gates. I hope you heard that. <laughs> they just aren't making the connection. They're creating the problem. 
they're, they're, they're putting a band-aid over a gushing artery while they continue to bring in butcher knives. They don't, they aren't seeing it. They just, again, I don't know how we move forward. I don't know how we move forward. I don't, I, and it's going to be interesting, again, who is going to be involved in prosecuting all of these school officials as well? All of them. I mean, Jesus Christ returning and taking them all away is, is possibly the only solution here. There are, so, there are so many corrupt people. It's just nuts. It continues, it says, Many of our schools are ready to go to step up a vaccination hub, as we do with the flu vaccination, Chief Executive Dr. Newcomb told the ABC. National Cabinet will meet on Thursday to discuss a uniform approach to a return to the classroom. Queensland has already delayed its start to the school year, while South Australia has announced it will stagger the return to the classroom, unquote. These people have lost their minds. They've lost their minds. Now, instead of hearing it from me, uh, how about we hear this directly from an Australian? This is a six-minute long clip describing a variety of different subjects here, and I want to play it. So for the next six minutes, give this guy a listen. He knows what's up. He knows what's going on. And I'll catch you on the other side of this audio clip. Okay, folks, what is going on? Just a super quick update. Things are about to escalate very, very quickly. The United Kingdom government issuing statements and studies detailing that the injections are reducing immunity and causing damage as well as increasing your susceptibility to catching this alleged boogeyman right that's from the uk government they've basically said the injections don't work they'll make you sick and they'll make you more likely to catch this thing right that's come out now the tga here in australia the therapeutic goods administration issues a statement linking the boosters to myocarditis pericarditis and permanent heart damage we warned about this 12 to 18 months ago when the doctors who were speaking freely, trying to blow the whistle, who were all censored, started warning that this thing was going to cause antibody-dependent enhancement, and if you took it, you're going to be screwed. And they shut us down, and they censored us, and the people out there mocked us and blocked us. They signed up for number one. They signed up for number two. They signed up for number three. Meanwhile, crucifying and attacking the people, trying to wake them up, believing that this government has somehow got some sort of benevolent interest in your well-being. Oh my gosh, the people, as they start to realise what's been done to them, are going to lash out, folks. And this is why you've just got to hold the line and dig in and wait this one out because the masses are coming and they're not going to be fucking happy. They're not going to be happy when they realise they've taken one, two or three of this thing and it's caused them permanent damage and you probably can't get it out. I don't know if you can. Not a, not a specialist on detoxifying from graphene oxide and mRNA injections. Sorry, not my ballpark. But we tried to warn people not to take it. And they lined up and they went to fucking Bunnings for a sausage and a can of drink and a fucking mRNA injection. It's the most insane thing of all time. And it's come out, folks. The lid is off this thing. And if you've been waiting for the masses to wake up, well, here they fucking come. And they're going to wake up ugly. They're going to wake up like when someone's been in a fucking deep sleep and they come out of it and they're going to be like, with the worst fucking wake up ever. They're not going to be nice. They're not going to be friendly. They're not going to be attending the marches, flying flags and holding picket signs. They're going to lose their fucking shit because they're going to wake up hard, ugly and fast. It's going to be brutal, folks.
These are the people who will throw grandma in front of a fucking bus to get to the front of a line for a new fucking iPhone. And I'm really sorry, but that's the sort of people we're dealing with. You're going to have to keep a healthy distance. When this really comes out, the mainstream media, it's not going to be safe for them to walk the streets. And I'll say it, and I've said it a million times, I never, ever (coughs) condone violence. I just don't see the point in having violence. But these people are going to lose their shit. Right? It's not going to be safe for anyone who's played a role in this. Pharmacists, doctors, police officers, border security, anyone who's pushed out this horse shit and pushed this thing into people, which is they know is causing heart damage, and now they know it makes you more likely to get it and spread it and does nothing to stop its transmission. Oh, my gosh. People are going to lose their minds. And now we have the first ball boy down there in Melbourne clutching his heart on the court. We've had multiple, so many soccer players, it's in the hundreds, FIFA-registered soccer players dropping dead or dropping from sudden cardiac arrest on the pitch. How many of these are going on that we don't find out about? Countless folks, countless strokes, countless clubs, countless injuries that are not being documented. The ones that are, the numbers are still unbelievable and we know about a tenth of those are getting reported folks a lot of people have been waiting for the masses to come to the party and they are coming but they won't come to the party like we did peacefully standing peacefully demonstrating silent stands massive numbers peacefully demonstrating our right and our our non-consent to this insanity the masses aren't going to be friendly like that folks they're going to realise little Johnny and little Sally got taken off the Kudos Stadium to be injected as teenagers with a fucking medical experiment that has diabolical, lifelong, life-altering consequences. Imagine that's your child. Imagine the fucking media that you trusted and the politicians and the authorities and the institutions that you trusted with your child's health and you took them there. Imagine the fucking rage you're going to feel when little Johnny ain't the same anymore. A lot of people, this is a fucking brutal thing to say, a lot of people will wake up when their child is sick, injured or dead. And that's what it's going to take. We have tried everything to avert this fucking oncoming catastrophe and it is here. It is coming, folks. I'm sorry. We hear the ambulances through the nights. Everyone does. Everyone knows what's going on now. The nurses are now the honest and good and decent nurses who towed the line for this long, who probably should have stopped a long time ago. They're starting to speak out. They're warning people on the phone, don't book your fucking booster. This whole thing is over. Watch out, folks. Here's the other thing. I'll finish on this. The maniacs orchestrating this thing will stop at nothing. And I suggest you be very fucking well prepared mentally, physically, and spiritually for the next big false flag because it's coming. This COVID thing, this injection thing is wrapping up. It's past its use by date now. But the next false flag will be earth-stopping. It will make 9-11 look like fucking tiddlywinks in the sandpit. And I'm very sorry to say that, folks, but we know how these people play. Be ready, folks. Stay vigilant. Keep the faith. God bless you all. See you soon. Okay, a couple of things to tie on to that awesome rant. Um, number one, That UK document he referenced at the beginning was a document I used to have, and I wanted to read it on the podcast, but I've bounced around for it, and I can't seem to find it. So if anybody still has that and you want to toss it my way, please email it to me or hit me up on Gab with it. Um, I may even toss it out on Gab. I thought I did. 
But um, I read the document. It's about three or four pages long, and it comes directly from the UK.gov slash statistics slash whatever. And uh, I remember the website at the top, and it says they're updating that particular document apparently within the next few weeks. But it says once you've taken these shots, you lose your antibodies and you've lost them permanently, that there's no getting them back. They ultimately, I mean, they admit that. They openly admit that. That's the first thing. The second thing, the VAERS reporting system that exists here in the United States isn't being updated as quickly as, as some might think. They are backlogged like you would not believe. Uh, and, and there's only a handful of people actually uploading this documentation at some main hub where they're receiving the initial documentation. And as we know, of course, most doctors aren't submitting this information that they are actually supposed to submit. Um, it's upwards of, I believe, six to 12 months late. So if someone submits something, something to VAERS, it's not going to show up for at least six to 12 months after it's been uploaded. You just can't rely on any of these systems for anything. Again, it's this relying on people thing is becoming scarce here. But at least we can rely on the Canadian truck drivers and United States truck drivers because, again, there's countless footage out there now of them protesting and not driving and stopping in the middle of the highway and the side of the highway and just parking their trucks in their garages and saying, we're not doing it. We're not taking these shots, and you better buckle up again for a shortage, just like our excellent previous guest has mentioned. Um, yeah, prepare for that. Gas up your automobiles. Gas them up. Keep them filled. That, that, that'd be my tip, among other things. Um, what else? He also mentioned something that's interesting, and there's a lot of, of video out there about it as well. And it shouldn't shock anyone, because it's even in the uh, Transhumanism Geoengineering book I'm, I'm reading by Alana Freeland. It says the exact same thing, and it says this, that one of the next false flags from the deep state is going to be um, climate change, that they're going to use climate change or a weather catastrophe or multiple weather catastrophes in an effort to shut things down or keep people from traveling or XYZ. Uh, again, while, while the guy, the Australian was talking about there not needing to be any violence and that's not the way and he's not condoning violence, I'm telling you what, I think it's going to be interesting going forward that violence is going to be one of those things that's going to be hard to avoid. It's just going to be hard to avoid. Countless criminals at countless levels, school boards, city councils, now major companies, all engaging in this giant conspiracy without an ounce of individualized thought. Ladies and gentlemen, violence, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to let you decide on that one. Uh, my mind's pretty much made up, but... Uh, you're going to have a hard time explaining the nonviolence thing to European countries that are beating their police to death right now, as I'm talking to you. And there's countless footage of that out there as well. So, yeah, you want to see those? Check out uh, my BitChute channel on a nightly basis and watch those This Is War videos. It's updated footage from arenas like that. Okay, now to wrap up with... This particular episode, I want to read two sections from Delusion and Mass Delusion by Dr. Yost Mirlu. I love this book. And again, if you haven't read The Rape of the Mind, I highly recommend it. That book is a mind bender, and it's fantastic. There's a section here on page 80 
that's titled The Power of the Masses, and it reads as follows. And this right here will give you a taste as to how power crazy the people are who sit on these particular councils and boards, because again, they're doing it because they are afraid, and they are actually ill-equipped mentally. It says the following quote, In the midst of all kinds of fearful, magic imaginations, the means long for greatness, for symbolic fathers capable of furnishing security. The masses demand powerful fetishes and powerful kings. They want to be subjects of a powerful state, which can praise and punish, hate and revenge. The lust for power is always a primitive fear symbol. It is the fear of another's greatness. It reflects the primitive alertness of the herd. Thinking man learns to understand that life as such can be powerful, even more powerful than death. He does not long for external power, but for the essentials of life. He has learned to relinquish power in exchange for civilization. Modern want for power and might is still a, a regressive symptom of a fearful mass, frightened by the economic struggle and by insecurity. So there you have it. I, again, if that doesn't describe the insecure nature of these school boards and these city councils all over our country, including police departments, as I've brought up here, um, I'm not sure what does. Here's the next section and last section I want to read. It's on page 82. And it's titled Mass Hypnosis, and it creeps over into the next page as well, so bear with me. Here we go. Quote, Mass Hypnosis. The masses are rather easy to hypnotize because of the actions of suggestive words, the cooperation of common unconscious longings, and the increased suggestibility of a group. If the leader is a good hypnotist, he can play with the masses. There is in the group an increased tendency to identify with the leader, which makes it even easier for him to hold people in his grip. His word is our, is our word. His yes is our yes. That is why there is also an increased tendency to follow uncritically. Because the mass is receptible to hypnotic influence, it tolerates all kinds of excess by the hypnotist. The easiest technique is to work with special suggestive words repeating them monotonously and boringly. From time to time, one has to add a few jokes. People want to laugh. The macabre especially attracts the masses. Tell them horrors and let them gather together in sensational tension. When the hypnotic effect, effect weakens, the mass can easily act against the leader. However, we must be aware of the fact that we cannot stimulate in the masses what was not latent within them. It is difficult to immunize people against mass seduction. They sleep too much even when they pretend to be awake. They are not clearly conscious, but think circularly, jumping from one opinion to the other. This is why it is so much easier to hypnotize them than to give them a critical approach. Repeat again and again your simple motto, and the many half-sleeping beings follow you passively. Especially in times of crisis or approaching war, every conversation is a repetition of a previous one. Inspired by fear and rumor, the same theme is repeated with many variations. People make themselves more and more suggestible and finally surrender to the feared idea. They all act like sleepwalkers. I would like to make critical searchers out of them, people who are awake but they prefer sleeping. 
the pure vegetable life of the embryonic mind. The Nazi conqueror wanted to inoculate us with new philosophy, with a new conception of the world. He knew that for all of these mental sleepers, he offered a better sedative, which would make them even better followers. In Germany, only a small minority resisted. They recaptured their own mind after a long period of hesitation and after defeat of their fatherland. Mass hypnosis lulls people into a deeper mental sleep than ever before. Mass hypnosis can convert the civilized being into a criminal sleepwalker. There is no intrinsic difference between individual and mass hypnosis. The more the individual feels himself part of the mass, the more easily he can be hypnotized by the individual treatment. Primitive people and primitive communities are particularly sensitive to hypnosis. Everyone knows how select individuals, sorcerers, and magicians wield their hypnotic influence on an entire community. A parallel situation prevails in religious sects, where the leader can arouse at will a state of mass ecstasy in his followers. Hypnosis, as such, is comparable with cataleptic trance in the individual, the archaic form of paralysis, in which the individual builds powerful defenses against fear and other external influences. This defense reaction, occurring outside consciousness, is a general biological defense comparable with camouflage reactions in animals. The more primitive the organism is, the more easily the state of catalepsy is brought about. Hypnosis makes the individual more archaic in his reactions and more sensitive to influences from without. Among Malayan people, we have shown some excesses of this fear reaction known as LATTA, L-A-T-T-A-H, or LATTA, not sure which. It says the frightened person is compelled to imitate all that other people are doing, unquote. There you go. Sounds like school boards to me, doesn't it? Sounds like what's going on with society in general, does it not? Because again, the plight of the Marxist is to make everybody as delusional and as miserable as they are. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you on Friday. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.